Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today will be taken from the reading in the Gospel of Matthew. You may be seated. And we begin with the word of prayer. Almighty Father, what a blessing it is to be gathered here as you prepare us for the return of your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray today, this Lord, that we would hear your word in faith and heed the commands and promises that you grant to us. Give to us your Holy Spirit, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were uh, here with us last week, you will recall that I said we are in the last three weeks of the church year. And this is the time in the church year where we focus in on the return of Christ. To prepare us for his return, Jesus has given us three parables that help us meditate a little bit more deeply on what it means for him to come again and how we should be preparing ourselves uh, for this. Last week, we heard the parable of uh, the ten uh, virgins who are to prepare for the bridegroom. This week, we're going to hear the parable of the judgment of the talents, and then next week, we'll hear the separation of the sheep and the goats. Now, I love that Jesus uses parables, because parables, stories, hit us in a very different way than, say, just a classroom lecture. Like, if you want a classroom lecture on the end times, join us for Bible study after this, and we're going to go line by line through all of this and have just the time of our lives. But uh, if you want to think about it a little more differently and a little bit more deeply, Jesus gives us these, these stories from the end, these parables that speak to us in a different way. So I've been thinking about this. How can we hear these parables a little bit differently? How can we hear them perhaps a little more like a story for our own time? And so what we're doing is, is we're hearing from characters within the parables to see what they were experiencing when they encountered the end. Last week, we read from the diary of one of the foolish virgins who was not prepared for the, the bridegroom to return. This week, we're not going to dig into anyone's diary, but what we are going to do is we are going to read a transcript of the news coverage from a press conference that was held uh, after the judgment that the, uh, the master has made. So picture with me, if you will, a news reporter sitting in the studio of, we'll call it the Heavenly Broadcasting Network, and he is going to be leading us into... Uh, the post-game press conference, all right, to talk to uh, the, the, wise, uh, the, the, faithful, uh, the faithful servants and the wise and are the, uh, the wicked and foolish servants. So, here we go. Studio reporter begins. We are excited to bring you live coverage from the last day where the master has returned and has just handed out his judgments on his servants. Let us go live to the press conference taking place with the good and faithful servants. And now, of course, it, it transitions over, and there you see uh, two men sitting at a table, uh, giddy with excitement, tears and laughter and joy written all over their faces. And now you've got the press out in front of them. Uh, apparently there will be press in heaven, uh, and they're going to be asking them a few questions. So here it goes. The press asks the first question. How are you feeling in this moment? first man. Honestly overwhelmed. This was everything we'd been hoping for. 
his return, that is. We knew it was going to be a wonderful situation. We knew his presence would be exciting and joyful. Man, we saw things so dimly. We had no idea what we were in for. This is beyond explanation. This is beyond expectations. We thought this was going to be like the end. I remember my whole life thinking what the end would be like, but now it's hitting me. This is really only the beginning. So if you don't mind, I'd like to get through this conference quickly because uh, we've been waiting a long time for this, and we're about to, get this, enter into the joy of our master. Fresh reporter, you said that you knew his return would be wonderful. How did you know that? First man responds, oh, because he promised it. Another press reporter. Well, a lot of people make a lot of promises. Back to the first man. Sure they do, but this guy keeps them. I mean, just look at what he had done for us the first time he came. His whole life was spent preparing us for his return. He lived in such a way that he time and time again showed us his love for us. He kept forgiving us. He kept teaching us how to view life from a perspective of mercy and grace. That is to say, we recognize that our whole life is a gift given to us. Now, he didn't sugarcoat things. He was honest with us and told us that our sins were ruining things, ruining our lives, ruining this world, ruining others, destroying our relationship with him. But he dealt with these sins in a really surprising way. He died for them. He suffered for them. He wanted so much for us to be in his joy forever that he paid all the debts we owed and suffered all the punishments our sin deserved. I mean, and it literally killed him to do it. But you know, not even death could keep him down. I mean, we thought he was done for. We thought when we saw that cross, we were all done for. But he showed up after his death, fully and completely alive. He explained how everything he had done, his living, his dying, his rising, had gone according to plan, just as he said. And now we are forgiven. Now we are his beloved servants. Now we are his forever. We're going to enter into his joy. Fresh reporter. Sure, he did all that, but then he went away. Now the second man chimes in. Yeah, but again, he promised to return. And he's made good on every other promise he ever made. Why would we think he'd back off of this one? Press reporter. While he was gone, he gave you work to do. Was this so that you could earn your way into his kingdom, to his joy, as you call it, when he came back? Second man. Earn? No. <laughs> that's, not, that's not really how it works with him. Uh, when he left, he gave us everything we needed to prepare for his return. There's nothing left for us to earn. But he also entrusted us with responsibilities. He gave us things like neighbors and their needs and our own abilities which we were to use for their good. Now, some of us had more, some of us had less, but we all got exactly what he wanted us to have. And we knew if he gave us our gifts and our talents, like our money, our jobs, our families, our churches, he'd want us to do good with them. He'd want us to do good for them. See, we recognize now that everything we have, everything we do is a gift from him. Even the work we have is a gift. And so we did what we could. And his love and his promises, they empowered us to do this. It gave us courage. We knew we could mess it up. We knew we could do it wrong. We knew we could fail. And I'll tell you what, I sure did. And I bet my partner would tell you the same thing. But his promises made us bold. I mean, even one of his other servants wrote to us one time, there is now no condemnation for you who are in Christ Jesus. 
how could you sit on your hands with a promise like that? With such freedom. Such freedom to love, freedom to give, freedom to serve, all without fear, all without condemnation. Press reporter. So then, why did you get reported for this, uh, excuse me, rewarded for this work? First man. Because <laughs> the master of ours just can't help himself. He's going to give us gifts and he's just going to keep giving. Now, I'd received a good deal from him and I did what I could and I messed up a lot. But you know, when I presented him what I had made, he didn't even seem concerned about how I got things wrong. I brought him what he had given me and showed him all that had happened with it. And he laughed and he grinned and he took it and he looked at me in my eyes and he said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And can you imagine? He gave to me. I worked with what I got. And then he gave me more. Second man. Oh, I got the same treatment. Now, I guess I received less than my partner here, but, I mean, that was the master's decision. He gave me what he thought was best, and you know what? He was right, and he always is. But I received the same reward, if you want to call it that, but for me, it's really just a gift, a pure blessing. His joy. His joy. Imagine that. You know, I keep saying it. Imagine that, but I don't have to anymore. It's finally here for us. Sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut the pressure short. We've got some joy to enter into. At this point, scene cuts back to the studio, and the announcer says, well, that brings the press conference to the end for the good and faithful servants. Let's now cut over to the locker room door where our reporter is standing with the wicked and slothful servant after his judgment. Reporter, thank you. I'm here with the wicked and slothful servant. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Wicked servant, whatever, I got nothing else to do apparently. Reporter, now your encounter with the master was incredibly difficult to watch. Can you explain what happened? Wicked servant, guess so. I mean, there I was, minding my own business, when out of the blue, news comes that the master had returned. I hadn't really thought about him for a while, after all, thinking about him always made me so anxious. Don't listen to what the others tell you. He's not a kind man, you know. First, even though I am a really talented guy and I have a pretty successful business and a very comfortable life, I knew he'd come along and want to take that from me because, you see, that's the way he is. When he makes you his servant, he says he wants all of you and he doesn't let anything go. Yeah, I know, he says it's for your good and he wants to give you what he calls a new life, but I never really trusted any of that. Why do I need a new life with everything I have anyways? I've got everything I want. Anyhow, I got all this going for me, and he calls me to himself because <laughs> who wouldn't? And he only gives me a small amount of responsibility? Really? Doesn't he see how successful I've been? How many cars I have? How my business is making all kinds of money? How attractive my family's becoming? I did that, you see. I did all of that. I built that. I found that success, and he couldn't even acknowledge me for it. Reporter, so then why did you say you would follow him? Wicked servant, well, at first I thought being connected to him would be good for my life, bringing more success, happiness, bringing more business, good connections, you know. But he tried taking those things from me, being the hard man that he is. He kept telling me to turn away from all of this success and glory that I had in this life and follow him. Who says that? Why take what is good away from me so that he can be honored? That's just, I mean, that's just selfish. 
So without telling him, I took what is mine and I held on to it. Now, he did give me that one talent, some things to work with, but you know, I didn't want him punishing me for losing his stuff. I had no reason to trust him to not punish me. I mean, he talks a big game about mercy and grace and patience, but who buys that nonsense? So I hid his talent. I kept it safe, but I kept it safe for him. Reporter, I see, but you know, that's not what he asked you to do. Why not at least invest what he gave me? Wicked servant. You know, that's what he said. Honestly, I just didn't want to have to think about it, to think about him. I just wanted to get on with my life. I didn't want anything to do with him, frankly. The fact that I have to deal with him now just doesn't seem fair. But what was I to do? What if he punished me for getting it wrong? I couldn't trust him. I don't trust him. Why should I work for him? Reporter, not to rub salt in the wound, but he did seem awfully gracious and loving towards those other servants who worked for him, even when they were messing things up. I mean, even they, all of a sudden, the wicked servant interrupts. You're talking about those servants? I don't even understand why he chose them in the first place. They're pathetic. They're weak. I watched them continually fall back into old bad habits. I watched them try and fail so many times. I mean, if anything good came out of the work they did, it must have been some sort of divine miracle. I got a list of all the stuff they did wrong, and I tried showing it to the master before he sent me away, just to keep things, you know, equitable. But he just looked at it and said, you know, this stuff really hasn't crossed my mind for a long time. And he crumbled up the record of their failures and just threw it away. Where's the justice in that? Who'd want to be around that sort of foolish master? I mean, he practically celebrates weakness and welcomes failures and sinners into whatever party he has going on. Reporter. You seem a bit angry about this wicked servant. At him, yes, I am. And I'm going to keep gnashing my teeth about it for as long as I can, forever if I have to. Let him have those sinners. Let them sing about his love and his mercy and his forgiveness. I don't want any of it. I just want what I have coming to me. I just want justice. So if you'll excuse me, I'm out of here. Reporter, there you have it. Back to you in the studio. Back in the studio. Well, folks, there you have it. What we've seen today from the last day is quite remarkable. Now listen, I've heard some bitter rantings of that lazy servant, but I'll tell you from this analyst's perspective, he's got no idea of the joy that the master gives. That master is one gracious and merciful giver. He is so full of love and mercy. He gives gifts. He just can't stop doing it. What good news for you who hear this and for me. He's the sort of, manner who will look, a sort of master who will even look to sinners like us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Honestly, it's the sort of promise that makes me want to get to work while I wait to see him for myself. Until next time, signing off. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty Father, we pray that when your son Jesus returns, we would be found as good and faithful servants. Make us to be bold and joyful in using the gifts that you have given to us so that others too might come to know and receive your wonderful word. Keep us always faithful to you and protect us from anything that would harm our faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.